the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Dow is down 765 points. Anytime it's over 500, it catches the headlines' attentions, right? So the top stories of the day tomorrow is going to be a top story day for Tesla, their battery day. We'll learn more about the longevity of their batteries, the cost of their batteries, the distance of their batteries, um, any new battery technologies. We're going to learn about. That's kind of exciting. We used to have like computer innovation. Now we're having battery innovation and solar innovation. I'm totally excited about that. I look forward to tuning in. Uh, Microsoft is acquiring video game publisher ZeniMax Media for a really big number. It's not lost on me that a new console is getting ready to come out. Console Wars. Sony PlayStation against Microsoft Xbox. Which one will you choose? Well, it comes down to they've got about the same processing and about the same you know builds. So you go with the one that has the better titles. Or do you go with both of them? So Microsoft said, we need some more titles to make sure people line up with us. So Bethesda Softworks, who they're buying for $7.5 billion in cash, has the Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, Dishonored franchises. Um, those are big franchises. Microsoft plans to bring future games into its monthly Xbox Game Pass subscription when they launch on the Xbox or PC. That Game Pass now has 15 million subscribers. Gaming is on a tear due to the pandemic being people stuck at home. Uh, Microsoft has put its faith in offering off users many ways to play via its cloud service and consoles at different price points. Um, it's all about getting some financial transaction from you, is it not? Snowflake continues to struggle, down 8 bucks today. They're one of those companies that IPO'd at a ridiculous valuation, and the day after that, I said, this is ridiculous. This is probably a sign of the top of the markets. Um when you're supposed to IPO for $240 and you IPO at $480, and the next thing you know, people, everyone, everyone who's bought that has essentially lost money. And to me, that shows you the negatives of Wall Street. The insiders can't wait for their lockup period to end for them to dump shares. They're hoping the stock stays where it is right now. A lot of losers today. I'm seeing a lot of travel-related losers. Uh, Live Nation Entertainment is one that stands out, but then you would have also the cruise and airlines. Um, they're all struggling bigger than the market today because the UK said we may have to do another two-week lockup and take it very seriously this time. Uh, Europe has seen a pretty big spike in cases. Now, I don't know. Does Europe precede us? Do we precede them? I don't know. Is it weather? Is it their winter started sooner than ours? Did our California wildfires smoke out the virus? Did it send it up in the air? I don't know. 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 But the idea of another lockdown is not attractive. We were supposed to start opening up slowly, not locking back down again. 
So back to the uh, video game stocks because they'll seem to work in lockdowns, right? Oh, so that's a pretty big deal. Bethesda Softworks publishes games across both Microsoft and Sony's gaming platforms. It's unclear whether the future games will come to Sony PlayStation or not. And um, that's all out there right now. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, other big stories of note today. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away this weekend. And it's pretty interesting to me that I almost see a tie between there's the new documentary on Netflix called The Social Network or The Social Dilemma. And I've got older friends because I'm older, right? And they're all just... They're all crustaceans. They're all crabs living on the Facebook. And they all see this video, and they're like, well, I'm thinking about canceling. I'm like, you said that last year. Just do it. Well, did you see that? Like, there is kind of a thing going on there. And it's not lost on me that I've got a friend who posts nothing but political vitriol. Just hate after hate after hate. So I've hated his messages for years, but that one popped up that... He now believes it. He now believes that Facebook is controlling his mind. Uh, we have a little drop on the show that says Jeff Bezos is watching you. And it's all about your electric speakers, your things in your house that you give, you know, license to because it's convenient and you don't realize that is this something we should be concerned about or not? Jeff Bezos is watching you. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Bezos is up. Uh, he's he's right now in a satellite right behind the moon. He's building a new Death Star, which is kind of funny because he may accidentally crash into Jeff uh, uh, Elon Musk's Death Star up there. Those two men could afford to build a Death Star. Am I right? Are they the evil empire now? Are they the new Microsoft? Amazon kind of feels that way. They're an easy company to hate, even though, man, we love that Amazon Prime, don't we? But they don't seem to be terribly nice to their workers. And they run commercials about how nice they are to their workers. So I'm confused, to say the least. Um, today is a route on Wall Street. And one thing that I want to come back to is when there's route, I'm looking for opportunity. So in the last couple of weeks, you've heard me say things like, I want to buy a stock, but it's already moved too far too fast. So when... 48 out of 50 stocks are down. On those kind of days, that's when you get opportunity, buying opportunity, buying cost. I'm kind of tempted to take the other side of the trade, looking for opportunities. Um, but I don't feel like we have figured out the downside yet of how bad September can go. This is nothing. So, uh, But you should start looking for things to potentially buy. The TikTok saga is going to go down in history as a, it'll be a documentary on Netflix. The United States is seeding its position as the world's technological power. For decades, the world's brightest landed here to build. They chose to, the U.S. for obvious, simple reasons. Uh, the United States has access to world-class equipment and education, the ability for high-paying tech jobs. But the TikTok saga, I think, is, is telling us there's a shift. China, long considered the land of the clones, has built something that's world-changing, and that Americans want. And companies like Oracle and Microsoft were willing to throw down billions to get it. You may go, it's just teenagers dancing. That's stupid. But Facebook wants to control your mind to serve you ads that appeal to you. Um, TikTok wants you to watch videos of young people wearing fashionable clothes that you can now buy from Walmart or something along those lines. 
But China long considered the land of the clones. They've done something that we want. And I don't think that should be lost on you. Um, at some point in time, we all know China's economic power is going to pass the United States. Maybe not in my lifetime will it be completely felt. But we're not pushing the narrative anymore. Uh, the TikTok partnership is literally a clone of China's innovation stifling requirements. So this is turnabout is fair play in my opinion. TikTok's parent company ByteDance gets to maintain ownership of the U.S. entity. Oracle gets a huge new cloud customer to boost its alien business. Walmart gets access to teens to sell stuff. It sounds to me like China's calling the shots on this one, and we're just following along. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Seaweed is used in more than just sushi. Sushi. The ocean-grown crop. I know you're saying, wait, wait, are you talking about seaweed being an ocean-grown crop? Yes. It's found in almond milk, in plant-based meats, moisturizers, fertilizers, animal feed. It's an alternative fruit source. Uh, The global demand for seaweed is expanding. I always try to look for, anytime I'm going to be an investor, areas that are growing faster than GDP. Areas that have chance for success, areas that have chance for maybe making some mistakes along the way, but the growth will push us through that. The commercial market for seaweed is, let's guess here for a minute, $85 billion. Well, it will be $85 billion by the year 2026. At the same time, seaweed is something that is essential to life on the planet. Algae produces anywhere between 50 to 80% of the Earth's oxygen supply. And seaweed absorbs a huge amount of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So, I'm liking the story, aren't you? Tell me more, Mr. Black. Tell me more. Well, come sit on my, my knee and I'll read you a book. There's other good reasons for farming seaweed. Uh, you can be part of combating global warming. Regenerative ocean farming is growing crops that breathe life back into the ocean. No fresh water, no fertilizer, no feed. Make it the most sustainable food on the planet. I got into a fight once, and to this day, I don't know who the winner is and who the winner loser is. But it was with a friend about rice. She loved rice. Rice high in protein, or high enough in protein that it registered in her mind high in protein. Like, rice uses a lot of water to be consumed uh, to make, just to get it onto the planet, to get it planted. Even before, you know, as it grows as a crop, it consumes a lot of water. So, and we don't exactly have a ton of fresh water to pass around. Something like that, right? So, the idea of getting oxygen in the world with no fresh water, no fertilizer, no feed, make it one of the most sustainable foods on the planet. Cows are bad because cows fart and because they eat grass and they take a long time to grow up. Keeping that food line healthy is also not easy. China's had problems with cows. China's had problems with pigs. China's had problems with birds, i.e. chickens. Uh, keeping 
animals safe and well and protected from diseases where you're trying to grow as many as you can in small conditions, tight conditions where they're going to poop and they're going to eat their poop or they're going to eat each other. Something bad's going to happen, right? Um, so moving towards seaweed, I could see the investment angle. Uh, all it takes to get started in seaweed farming is $20,000 and 20 acres in a boat. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about this market if I could ever find an investment tied towards it. But what a story, right? Ocean-grown crop. It's in almond milk. It's in plant-based meats. Plant-based meats. That's got a good buzzword in it. Uh-oh, Dow just down another 100. So it's down 900. Commercial market growing. People like seaweed. You don't feel guilty eating seaweed. I like seaweed salad for sure. I'm all in. Um, almond milk, uh, not my thing. But um, taking carbon dioxide, like, I'm, I'm, what a story. So on occasion, you should look for stories like that. Understand that there's going to be a lot of losers. Um, venture capital, when you get into areas like this, nine out of 10 small businesses in venture capital fail completely. And you look at someone like a Netflix, not not a Netflix, like a Netscape or some of the world darlings of early VC money. And you go, I want to piece that action. I want to buy in before they come public. Be cautious, but know that that's going to be an interesting area. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The big stories of the day, heightened political tension in the United States as we now shift from uh, who cares about the election to more of a who's going to be the next Supreme Court nominee. Uh, the balance of power could be shifted for generations to the Republicans in the Supreme Court debate of Republicans versus Democrats. I don't know if justice always goes that way, but um, some pretty big ramifications coming out of it. So that's going to be a full-on fight. And I got to imagine the election just takes that tone. I don't imagine any other tone. Maybe jobs, but maybe not. That's going to be front and center. Oh, RBG. You picked the most dramatic time to pass. J.P. Morgan and Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase and Deutsche Bank are two of several banks that have helped move large sums of allegedly illicit funds for a period of nearly 20 years, even doing it after they were told not to do it. Further selling in mega cap tech names today. Fading confidence in a coronavirus relief bill as all political clout is going to be spent on RBG. China introducing parameters for their unreliable entity list, what they're calling the United States. Surge in coronavirus cases in Europe has the threat of a UK lockdown for two more weeks to curb the infection rates. Um, I don't know. I don't see a lot of good news in those headlines. I don't see a lot of good news there. I don't see anything I can constructively build off. So today, I'm just going to take the day off. Um, picked. Looks like I picked a bad time to, to quit sniffing glue. Like, this is, it's stressful when you don't have one shred of good news there. You have a market that's been overbought for most of the year, way overheated in August, to the point of we just kept sending tech stocks higher, tech stocks higher, because we couldn't figure out what else to do. Oracle and Walmart are kind of like the winners today, because they're kind of not like losers. Um, 
President Trump has blessed a TikTok deal in concept, although I've heard he wants $5 billion in cash. Now, I hope he's not implying that the companies give it to him, but who knows? I'm going to take the other side right now and not be pessimistic. I'm going to look for opportunity. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. The TikTok deal. I've brought this up, and I want to bring it up a little bit more. If you just boil it down to USA versus China, China won. No matter how much Trump spends this deal, he got almost nothing that he originally asked for. There's no sale of the Chinese-owned company to an American owner. There's no wrestling of TikTok's killer algorithm from the Chinese hands. The promises of cash paid to the government are hazy at best, and it further became divisive by telling the Chinese people, we're going to use that money to um, educate our people, which we'll get to in a minute. Last month, the president ordered that the popular video sharing app heavily geared towards millennials or younger um, that we're not cool with you taking our users' data and giving it to China. ByteDance is going to keep majority control and ownership, though, while the remaining 20% of the deal is going to go to Oracle and Walmart. Trump has touted you know, these selling pieces that he didn't get. His supporters can point to the vague promise by TikTok to create 25,000 American jobs. Those, I don't know. That's very politically incensed. And I don't think TikTok's going to create 25,000 American jobs, like office building jobs. Trump could say TikTok's data is being stored by Oracle in the United States. No matter that TikTok was already largely storing American data on U.S. servers run by Office, Google, and Amazon.com. Trump said that the $5 billion from the deal would go to patriotic education. The money wouldn't be paid out until the new TikTok stage is an initial public offering plan for a year from now. ByteDance said it will first um, <clears throat> focus on getting together the business before it goes to you know an IPO. Uh, Walmart and Oracle said... You know, that $5 billion that ByteDance is giving to the U.S. government is probably going to come from future tax dollars, not from us. So it's it's very vague on how you could say this was a winner for the United States. And it's very easy that I could say China had something we wanted for the first time. This is the, again, there's probably military secrets that we want in the past. But they're stealing our semiconductors. They're stealing our iPhone d- designs. They're stealing, like, they take Hollywood and just like Brad Pitt, just let's crush a hundred million DVDs and give them out to our people on the streets for a dollar and give Hollywood nothing for putting all the work into making it. Intellectual property has been very challenged by China many, many times over the last 40 years. And I think, you know, one of the most famous ones was companies like Microsoft said, if, you know, we sold one copy for every 10 that's pirated in China, we'd have another $10 billion in cash. Like, okay, 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 I get it. So the TikTok saga sounds like it, jobs and data security and U.S. control. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, I really think it's that we got leapfrogged here. 
they have something that we want for the first time. Just throw it out there. Um, one of the areas that is kind of fun to talk about with the pandemic is people leaving the Bay Area. Um, and what's it going to look like? That's one of those big dilemmas in the Bay Area is what's it going to look like in the future? And what I mean by that is when I came into the Bay, when I came to the Bay Area 20 plus years ago, there were still a lot of artists and poor communities inside of San Francisco that slowly got squeezed out. Um, and that's okay. I get it. But one area that is upsetting a lot of people is one of the areas where you can get squeezed out and go to is Lake Tahoe. Um, it's three, three hours away. It's lovely. It's got a mountain. It's got a lake. It's beautiful. Um, I think the problem may be is that during the pandemic, we're now starting to say things along the lines of where do we go next? And that's, that's driving real estate. It's very much so driving real estate. Where do we go next? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. San Francisco techies detached from office life. They've decamped in mass for Lake Tahoe. Uh, it's alarming locals to the point that protesters at a roundabout that the Bay Area kind of has to go through to get to Tahoe. Um, stop littering. There's signs going up. Stop littering. Flatlanders equals noise, traffic, garbage, and pollution. It's kind of getting ten contentious between the tech workers that have higher paying jobs and the locals. Now, keep in mind, this is a this is quite the dilemma. This shows that there's no right answers in economics. Let me play with this just for a minute or two. Uh, the high school up in Truckee, California, and Lake Tahoe—they're great high schools. Um, their local politics are very contentious. That one of their uh, big wigs—he owns a couple restaurants. He didn't want—he uh, um, didn't want citizens who spoke English to mix with citizens who spoke only Spanish in high school. So, like that shouldn't be done. That's wrong. We shouldn't force our our schools to do this. And it took Bay Area people to go up there and go, "Are you crazy?" I, again, I'm not making a political statement there. Um, but now the Flatlanders, i.e. the people from the Bay Area who are driving three hours just to visit and or take over Airbnbs or to buy properties, second homes, um, I've got a scenario like that. And it's pretty interesting because we're hated. And yet they've got a pretty good high school. They've got pretty good things like uh, money to clear trees and and, and to help their beaches and to help with their trails. Anyone who lives there and lives there, quote-unquote, for life, they're flatlanders, right? No, they're not flatlanders. They're natives. And they're paying almost no property taxes. The people who are buying second homes up there are paying property taxes in the Bay Area plus property taxes up there. And since your property taxes feared on the most recent sale, they're paying a larger chunk of property taxes. And they're not putting their kids in their schools. And they don't use the police and fire department on a daily basis, like the natives do. So it's pretty interesting. I would wonder, and you tell me what you think, um, is it cool for a community to say, we don't want you here? 
we did the same exact story five, ten years ago to Portland. I would go up to in Portland and uh, I, I'd hear things like, "You're not going to buy a house up here, are you?" Oh, geez, you Californians are ruining everything. Yeah, but we're bringing our money and we're we're spending our, our money here, and that should lead to higher paying jobs, better jobs. You know, you can't just run a whole society on tattoo parlors, Portland. <laughs> yes. Oh, I just said it. Um, so when you bring in more landowners, real estate owners, you're going to bring in more jobs, more services for the community. Um, they don't see that way. But here's the question. What if we were all leave? What if we were to say, okay, uh, California... The more young, wealthy people, and I'm going to call myself young and wealthy for the uh, the sake of this example. Um, The sake, that's what I'm trying to say. The more people like me leave California and either go to Oregon or go to um, Nevada, the northern part of Tahoe, and not pay the income taxes, that income tax base in California leaves. And it's a fat income base. I've got two neighbors that I live up right next to in the Bay Area that they've been there for 30, 40 years. Their property taxes are $400, $300. Mine are bleh, 1400 a month. So when we lose big whales like me, where's that going to leave the state of California? Because they've gotten used to spending the higher tax base revenue. I, I wonder on the same thing with Truckee, Tahoe, and with states like Oregon, where you don't really want us, but you want our tax money. Or you get with the simple life that you had, which I'm going to call it a simple life negative. And I'm not saying all jobs in Portland are tied towards tattoos. It's a jokey. Um, But I certainly see the tattoo parlor per capita is very high there. Chad Burton lives up in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, one of the first times I met him, he, he was talking about the number of adult nightclubs. Is that how you say strip club? Per capita was the highest in the nation. And I was like, really? <clears throat> that stuff doesn't interest me. Um, not for any other reason that it just doesn't feel like a normal relationship. <laughs> so anyway, Lake Tahoe, Truckee versus the Bay Area. Who do you side with? Drop me a name at rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. It shows you the, the, the dilemmas, right? Maybe we're both right. Maybe we're both right. Maybe we do have the, the, the rights in the United States to go buy homes wherever we want. And we shouldn't be treated as flatlanders. But maybe you're right. Maybe there's a, a better approach to this. Because it is pretty obnoxious. Uh, when you're complaining about littering, that tells you we should be complaining about something bigger in the world. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So the Supreme Court's going to have a new justice. Ruth Bader Ginsburg died Friday night. A stunning career. Unbelievable career. And I'm so happy that Kate McKinnon got to play her on Saturday Night Live. Um, famously play her as like a dancing hip young spry, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What an ultimate compliment to be parodied on Saturday Night Live, of which I'm taking a look at the Emmys. And the only thing that did well on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox was Saturday Night Live. Um, everything else went you know, to pay channels. 
HBO had 30 total Emmys, Netflix 21, Pop TV 10, uh, Disney Plus had eight nominations, NBC had eight, but most of those were for Saturday Night Live. VH1, ABC, National Geographic, Adult Swim, Prime Video. Uh, I would say with probably the biggest loser at the Emmys this weekend was Amazon Prime. When you take a look and see ABC getting one more Emmy than them, um, worthy of note. Slightly getting excited that The Mandalorian is coming back on Disney Plus in the next couple months. Not because uh, it's, it means anything to me. But again, it brings back the stories of streaming. It brings back to the front things that are working. This time last year, you know, Star Wars to do no wrong for Disney. Now it's a bigger question on, other than The Mandalorian, what sort of, you know, legs do they have in this franchise left? As a lot of people are questioning the end of the saga. And how do they reboot? How do they relaunch? Where does it go into the uh, canon, the myth? But I'll tell you what, there's going to be more Star Wars movies, even though Solo was a bit of a, a dud. And the last movie kind of ended with a, eh, well, that's it. That's that's the end of Luke and Leia. Eh, eh. Um, but that's franchise. That's, that's, that's content. And I think you'll see the same thing if you... If you don't see this, oh, last week I did a, a quick little side note. Grand Theft Auto turned eight years old or six years old. And on that day in history, the day that Grand Theft Auto came out for Take-Two Interactive, it made $800 million in revenue, the highest grossing entertainment product ever. And you look at things like Titanic, and you're like, Titanic was bigger. No, no, in one day. And that's why I do stories about, like, why is Microsoft buying Bethesda? Uh, they make Doom, they make The Elder Scrolls, they make Starfield, they make Fallout. I was playing Fallout 20 years ago. I was playing Doom 20 years ago as a young man. They also have a, a game called Wolfenstein that I was playing 25 years ago. Now, I, I'm familiar with that IP, and I'll be quite honestly, honestly, I'm intimidated by video games at this point in time. There's too many buttons. It's not like I, I played the recent Doom just to play it. It wasn't as fun as the original. Uh, not even close. It's it's turned into too many how many buttons can you hit at the same time kind of game. But that's why Microsoft is buying them for old farts like me who could pass it on to the new generation, i.e. our children. Um, but they also have some franchises that work. Every time Fallout comes, there's a built-in audience. Every time Doom comes out, there's a built-in audience. Every time Elder Scrolls comes, there's a built-in audience. So that's what you're getting when you look at the Emmys. You're seeing it as an entertainment product that we spend our money on. The NFL, I didn't watch any this weekend. I listened to them on satellite radio. I was doing a little painting. Um, I still love old-time radio, and it's fantastic, region by region. The Green Bay Packers have a, a voice that's just a great classic voice of, of sports. But they have a color commentary guy named Rock. <laughs> it sounds like he's been hit a couple times in his head uh, playing football 30, 40 years ago. But it's all about consumption of content, right? Whether it's Sirius Satellite, streaming through your iPod, or uh, streaming through your HomePod and setting up lights now. It's, everyone's trying to reach for the same dollar. And if you can get a subscription dollar where you don't have to market to that person again for a while... You're golden. So, 
Um, so Microsoft spending seven and a half billion dollars. That's a big, 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 big uh, bet for Microsoft. And it comes right after they lost the deal for TikTok to Oracle. That isn't a surprise to me. And it comes right before the launch of the next Xbox. That makes sense. And in the next couple of weeks, if they were to say there's going to be exclusive for one year or two years on the Xbox before we open them up to Sony, that may sell more Xboxes. Trump says he's going to name a Supreme Court nominee Friday or Saturday. The list is down to five. This is going to be a show. If I'm wrong, I maybe I just quit. I can't imagine the Democrats or Republicans getting along at all for the next 30 days, uh, 40 days as we push towards the election. Um, and because if they can't get along there, how are they going to craft out a bipartisan bill for more stimulus tides towards pandemic? So right there, the dollar should strengthen. But right there, the airline stock should weaken. The travel stock should weaken. Um, no more stimulus equals no more free money for us to like go, woo I'm going to buy an Xbox. Or woo I'm going to get Netflix. Or woo I'm going to get a big TV. Uh, next round of stimulus looks like it should come after the election. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is a show right now, and I'm entertained by it. Uh, Politically speaking, it's a show, and they make good drama that way.